It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Like a slice of butter, melon on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to another episode of The Movie Show. It's Friday, it's 9 o'clock, it's time to uh, just kind of relax. The weekend is moments away. If you look at it over the course of a, a whole week's time, we're just moments away from the actual weekend. And Steve, we're wrapping up summer. What? School starts here in the next week or two no, for no, no, kids no. across Utah. Summer goes to September 22nd. No. Oh, September. Okay, technically on the calendar, that is true. I but. will not give one inch. Just because you got your little back-to-school tribe going back to school. Back yep, school. I've got a daughter going off to college this week. What? I've got uh, the other kids start school, high school, junior high, elementary school all the following week. Wow, you had it all covered, don't you? Yeah, I got that pretty much every level. That's true. Did you buy six backpacks at the NPS last? Uh, you know, I figured, it, why not stock up and just <laughs> buy them for the next several years? So, uh, apologies to my kids if the pop culture things I bought you are no longer popular by the time. Hello, kitty. My no, ten-year-olds turn eighteen. <laughs> no, I've got backpacks for you all the way up to your senior year. I don't want the hee-haws. Well, but we're at the end of summer, and I and I also bring up that we're getting towards the end of summer because. We're not seeing the same uh, blockbuster level quality. That'll depend on, on what we think of today's movies. But uh, well, I remember Chris Hicks would take off the month of August because we called it the clearance sale month. <laughs> Everything must go. Well, but then Hollywood found out there was money to be made in August, so we get an occasional big release in August. But uh, this week doesn't have one that's on that level. For example, uh, the movie that's probably going to make the most of this week's releases didn't even make a million dollars in previews last night, which that's not going to signal like a huge... Like, for example, Barbie, I think, made $14 million in previews on its preview night. This it, it's movie, probably still making $14 million. It probably is. All right, so let's dig in to see what we've got today on this day, the 11th of August, with our movie show preview sponsored by Call Climate Services. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. The Movie Show Special Feature. Okay, Steve, we got, I count, seven movies, and that's just movies, whether it's theaters or streaming, and we've got at least six or seven things in streaming that we're hoping to talk about. So it's not like there's a shortage of things to talk about. No. There's just a shortage of things that everybody is going to talk about, probably. True. So that's true. what are we starting with? Well, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I kind of... The more I think about it, the more I'm interested in that movie. There's some problems with it, um, but I got kind of got a kick out of it. It's a tale about Dracula yes. on a boat. 
Yes. It's almost like aliens, except not in space and on a boat. <laughs> it's almost like aliens, except completely different. You know? well, but I see what you're saying, and, and people will understand that better when we get The claustrophobic a bit more aspect of it. Yes. Yeah. Which helps enhance tension and horror, for sure. It does. We have a movie, a little movie called Jewels, about a little alien visit to a kind of a. Poor Ben Kingsley, he's having a rough go. You know, ever since Ben Kingsley has been Trevor Slattery in the Marvel Universe... I don't even know what that is. In Iron Man 3, he was the Mandarin, if you remember. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he turned out to not be quite as as deadly as he seemed in his videos. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And so then, like, when you... if, If that's how you're familiar with Ben Kingsley, then when you hear him in Jewels... It's really hard to separate those two characters just because of the type of voice he delivers. Well, just go back and see Gandhi. Gandhi, or one of my favorites, is Without a Clue with Ben Kingsley and Michael Caine. It's a Sherlock Holmes story where he plays Watson, only it's as if Watson was the real genius. It's a comedy. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. All right. What else? Uh, We have uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue on uh, Prime Video. We have A Fire, which is a German film uh, at the Broadway. We've got Love in Taipei. A Paramount Plus um, little rom-com. Teenage uh, rom. Well, young adult, yeah. I guess. Uh, one of my favorites this week is The Pod Generation with um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor and... Uh, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark, yes. Uh, I didn't like the ending. And then probably the, the one that most people are going to be curious about is Heart of Stone with Gal Gadot. I love Gal Gadot. I do too, but I wish this movie had been a better... I have a very specific analogy for this movie when we talk about it. Okay, good. So those are the movies. Um, On streaming, we've got... uh, You finally get to watch the first two episodes of Only Murders in the Building, which premiered on Tuesday. I did. I watched them twice because I fell asleep once. (laughs) That doesn't bode well for the quality. (laughs) We've got uh, the final season of Billions beginning today. Actually, it starts Sunday, doesn't it? Is it Sunday? Yeah, because I tried to watch it um, yesterday, and they said, sorry, you won't you be won't able to see, see it till, it till Sunday. Sunday. Okay, so this weekend, then, I guess yes. we should say. Uh, the season finale of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which I have not watched that one yet. Oh, Is it as good my. as last year's season finale? If it you remember, last the- year's season finale was the one where they essentially played out an episode of the original series, but from a different viewpoint. This is the biggest cliffhanger in the history oh, of cliffhangers. my. It is like they're in the middle of a big old battle royale, and suddenly it goes dark. I'm like, what? I need a a Sulu. Oh, my. Yeah. (laughs) It it was like, wait, you you can't stop here? No! We've got a cute little cartoon. Uh, it's a cartoon series based on a uh, comic strip called Strange Planet on Apple TV+. Plus. I watched the first episode. It's really cute. It, yeah. Once you crack the code. Right. It, but it's not that difficult because no, no, they're, they're referring to things that but you're like. But it takes you a minute. You're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. That's, that's kind of a cool way to say that. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a uh, series called Painkiller, which is uh, about the opioid epidemic. It. If it sounds similar to Dope Sick, it's because it kind of is. It's, I mean, it's different streaming service. One was Hulu. This one's on Netflix. And this one has Matthew Broderick. But uh, I hear it's not as good as Dope Sick. That's one I've also heard. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. So, and then uh, one that we may talk about if we have time. It's called Moving on Hulu. It's a um, a Korean action. Oh, you're right. Series yeah. that popped up. And didn't with, know if you had a chance to watch that one. Or not, Justified but. City Primeval. They had their fourth episode, and uh, they kind of, you know, it feels like they're. It's in a little stretchy mode. You're like, oh, we we know where we're going, but right now we're just going to diddle daddle around here and uh, 
I did not care for the. So this episode was not as solid as the several weeks you've seen so far. Not, not, not even close. Okay. Well, that is our movie show preview. All this and much more, including Telephone Torture, uh, the movie show top ten, and uh, maybe we'll see how we've after we've had some time to think. We meet about the show on Wednesday, and we don't always necessarily know if we have a worst thing that we watched this week. Oh. But sometimes we find it between Wednesday and Friday, so we'll see. But we've got all kinds of stuff. And prizes worth up to dollars here on the movie show today on KSL News Radio. Okay, well, let's take a break here on the movie show. And when we come back, we will review our big movie of the week, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. And now, the big movie review. Andy and Steve have everything your family needs to know about the biggest release of the week. All right, Steve. It's time for the big movie of the week, and when I was on uh, Utah's Morning News this morning talking about this a little bit, uh, both Tim and Amanda mentioned they didn't know anything about it, hadn't heard anything about The Last Voyage of the Demeter, and I mean, I, I've seen a couple of ads, but I haven't really seen a big heavy ad push for it. No, not really, but man, the director of this movie did one of my favorite movies of all time, horror-wise, Troll Hunter. Oh, it's okay. like a Swedish-Norwegian film, and it is Okay, well, let's talk about then the last voyage of the Demeter. The Demeter, on charter from Romania to London. Shipping private crates, contents unknown, out at sea with no land in sight. Our charter has agreed to pay bonus for timely arrival in London. Something ripped apart the elements. All the livestock. This looks like a bite. Evil is on board. Evil is on board. Let me mention before we get going that the big movie review is sponsored. By Paris RV, and we're grateful for that. But that did not—that is not Liam Neeson, even though it sure sounds like him. Well, it is a Liam, though. It's <laughs> Liam Cunningham, who's the captain. Um, I didn't realize that Bram Stoker had actually been to Whitby. There was a ship that sunk there, filled with with crates of of soil, and they said some black dog leaped off the ship as it was crashing into the, and it became a legend in that little town. And that's where he came up with the idea of taking Bram, of taking Dracula's character from Romania to England. And it's only 10 pages in the, in book. the book. Yeah. So the last voyage of the Demeter, it's based on the chapter, the captain's log in the book of Dracula. Uh, it's, but uh, the Demeter is the name of the ship that's in, in the book. It as was, well. the original ship was called the Dimitri. The Dimitri, so they change it to Demeter for them. So that's the part I didn't catch when I was doing a little bit. Uh, but what happens is a, a derelict ship crashes into the coast of England, and nobody's aboard. It's been chopped up. Uh, there's been a fire on board, and nobody knows why, and it's kind of freaky. Uh, so what we, what we get to see is what happens from that ship sailing from Romania to London. And what we know that they don't know is that Dracula is on the ship. Yes. And this Dracula is different. Uh, I, I'm kind of happy with the one they did here because mostly, most of the time Dracula is like this suave, cool guy. Bella yeah. Lugosi sort of set that oh, standard. Oh, Christopher Lee and uh, Gary Oldman. I mean, uh, women were fainting in the audience when I watched that Dracula movie. And they were like, oh, my God, Gary Oldman is so, so hot. I'm like, this guy, he Not ain't. hot. Not hot. And I think it's cool that... The idea that, that he was going to travel for a month on this boat, and he brought some Scooby Snacks with him just in case, and they screwed that up. So you got to kind of blame the crew 
for messing up, you know, his little snack tray that he had already set up, right? Yes. Um, and, but he's feral, and he's an animal, and he's... Well, and they're not sure if it is an animal or not at right. first. And, and you notice that when you do see glimpses of him, he's very pale, and he's just, like, no energy at all. And that's because, you know, his Scoopy snacks were taken away. So he has to figure out something else. So... That's really, I mean, to me, that's the interesting part about this is what, if they had left him alone, he probably would have been fine just cruising along for a month in the boat, you know. But the other, the other part is, I, when they finally realize that he only comes out at night, maybe do something about it during the day. <laughs> I, and even, I had the same even find his box. And they're like, well, we know where he sleeps. Well, then go back when he's asleep, you morons. Other yeah, than that. I, I, well, I don't want to give away too much for the people who do want to see it, but well, no, there course. was a very simple solution, <laughs> and and I, I I can't bring it up, but I, I maybe if we ever start t- discussing spoilers someday. But uh, for me, I'm not a big horror fan uh, in general. I've made that very clear. Um, for this one, I kind of enjoyed the sort of ni- late 19th century aesthetic. Like they really went all out to make it look like a sailing ship from the late 1800s. Right. Um, the town that they launch from and, and all of that stuff, and I. I actually, that kind of helped me enjoy this a little bit more. Um, maybe it's I'm just not a big fan of modern horror. I don't know. But by keeping it on a confined quarters, it really amps that tension. Mm. There's only eight people on the crew. This is not like some ship with a crew of like 50 people. And so you don't realize that uh, Johnny Lodex has been missing for a while. It's like when somebody disappears, it's really obvious. Like the cook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the cook. So, well the cook that's a whole other character yeah. but um but it was it was pretty well done uh the, the main character is a as a doctor who comes on board um and well it's called the last voyage of the demeter i, I remember thinking as i was watching like this is kind of like the titanic in a way because you know that it's not going to end well for anybody on board for the titanic but this one you don't know until they tell you well but you start off with the ship derelict oh that's true it, that's at the true. very beginning of the movie so you know that Nobody's going to be on the ship by the time it crashes to shore. What happens to them is going to be what we find out. But so taking that away, the characters that they bring on, you're like, are they really going to? Are they really going to do that? Well, the the, the the kind of the things that surprised me were there's like um, there are characters on this boat that you like. Oh, there's no way they're going to. That's what I was. That's what I was hinting at. I can't. I can't yeah. say more. But. Yeah, and you're like, wow, either that is a really brave move or you just really ticked me off to a maximum degree, <laughs> and which irritated me, which also made it more engaging, I think, Yeah, in a weird way. And so I have to say this, if you're, if you're a fan of Dracula, he's not going to be your typical Hollywood-style Dracula, I use air quotes around, but it is a very scary vampire Dracula. They explain his ability to kind of be a bat by, and you can see that on like any of the promotional posters. So I don't feel like I'm giving anything away here. Right. He's basically well, he a giant bat is what he really is. Eventually, as he gets his strength back, which I thought was very interesting. And so the last voyage of the Demeter, it is rated R, but I, here was the other thing. I it's told very the studio violent. Rep, I, I was surprised. I thought there would be more blood and I was kind of glad that there wasn't, but there's plenty. Don't get me wrong, but I thought there would be more. I mean, we're talking about Dracula, and everybody knows what, how he draws his strength. So, Well, the director said, I wanted to make the most terrifying Dracula, and I wanted him to really, really do some damage and, and not be some little, you know, love drag, Dracula dude. Yeah, he's not going to seduce you. This isn't love at first bite. Yeah. yeah. 
No, no, he's he's just going to bite. Yeah, he's just hungry. Yeah, and yeah, I, I wish I could say more, but uh, stuff happens. So that I like you may be surprised. I at. actually enjoyed this. Not enjoyed, but I appreciated this movie. The quality of it, the the acting was first rate. The production values were off the charts, really good. Um, so if you're a fan of any, it may not be you know part of the canon of Dracula, but it should be. I actually think this would work. I think it works just fine with all the other Draculas. And when you think about how sometimes they take a, a, a short premise and make it into a movie and it doesn't stretch out to the feature length, this one does. Yeah. One chapter stretches out to feature length and it really it fits in You well. tell me you can't make a movie about Dracula going from Romania in a month to England and not make an interesting movie? You've screwed up. Well, thankfully, is it Andre Overdahl? Is that how you yeah. pronounce it? Yeah, Andre Overdahl. So that's the last Voyage of the Demeter. It's rated R and it's playing... That's going to be the big wide release. It is wide release, and I gave it a B. Awesome. All right. That's it for uh, the big movie review. Um, I gave it uh, actually two and a half, so it was somewhere between two and a half and three because I I just don't like horror movies, but this one I didn't dislike the way I thought it would. Well, I try to appreciate them for what they are. Right, right. And and that's why I say horror movie fans, there's nothing that you wouldn't like about this. No, I think you'll be actually pleasantly surprised at how good it is. All right, so that's it. We'll take a break here at the bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather. You're listening to the movie show on KSL News Radio. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news on the KSL Movie Show. All right, Steve, the movie show. Uh, we've already got people. We want the movie show to be interactive. We want people who listen to feel like they're part of this show with us. So if we see pitchforks and... Uh, yes, okay. Then we know that they have become too much. <laughs> We've let them we'll, too close. We'll bring it in a little. <laughs> but uh, we'll invite you to join in the movie show. Send us a comment on the uh, text line, 57500, about whatever we're talking about. It doesn't have to be movies. In fact, Steve, we've already got a text uh, that doesn't have anything to do with movies. What? And they agree with you. Totally with That's Steve on this. No more kids in school. Summer is until September. Do not try to cut it short. Thank you. Yes. And I in also fact, agree. while the kids are in school, <laughs> we're going to go play golf. <laughs> uh, having school starting in the middle of August, which is where they've moved the date back to now for Jordan District, where my kids go, it's a, it's a frustrating thing. We had family come visit from England, and their school gets out at the end of July, and their summer is just August. So they come over. And we get like a week, and then all oh. my kids had to go back to school, and they don't get to hang out with their British cousins. But oh. it used to be same district when I grew up. Memorial or Labor back Day. day. Well, Labor Day was the first uh, day after Labor Day. It was first day of school. But That's right. At any rate, let's not waste any more time with that. But here's another text. We got any reviews on the movie Beautiful Mind or whatever it's called. It stars Casey Affleck. I'm so glad they said something because every once in a while we get a gem like that. It has zero uh, advertisement for it. Dreaming Wild is what they're talking about, I assume. Dreaming Wild. Yes, that's what I assume. Casey Affleck. Yeah. And so. And it's actually brilliant. It's really a sweet, sweet movie. Did they, they agree or no? They did agree. Well, I don't know if they were asking about it. I think it sounds like they wanted to hear about it or they oh. heard about it. And they wanted to know what we thought. We both really liked it. I think it was our favorite last week. That yeah, we it's chose. a slow cooker, though. It's not something like, yeah, rah, rah. It's, it's really just an easygoing little movie. All right, and Steve, we just got another text. I agree with Steve on school starting later. So the texts are pouring in in agreement with you. Well, I'm sad summer. that school is starting early, but summer does not end when school kids go back to school. That's for that. And, Andy, for when sure. do you think school starts? Well, I think it should start after Labor Day, but I know when it does start, and that's next week, unfortunately. Yeah, that is too bad. All righty. Well, Steve, let's review another movie. How okay. about the pod generation? Ooh, I like this one. He wants... 
a natural child. Well, hold on. You put us on a wait list to have a baby and an egg. No, it's not an egg. It's, it's an egg. Women are reluctant to have children because it's not made convenient. We want them to pursue their careers and dreams. We can't live in the past. I want to have a child with you. Let's do it, Rachel. Really? Yeah. Now, this was a movie that came out of Sundance this year. Mm-hmm. It stars Amelia Clark and Chiwetel Ejiofor, set in a not-too-distant future where technology has replaced a lot of natural things like trees and plants. And AI programs are therapists, and having babies is even easier than before because if you can get a coveted spot at the womb center, you can have a baby that's gestated in a plastic pod shaped like an egg. That way, men and women can have the same experience. Well, you know, what's cool about that is how damaging having a baby is to a woman's body. And they were, that was the rationale for setting this whole thing up. Look, you, don't, you want a baby, but you don't want to, you know, destroy yourself. So, right. And I thought, wow, that's kind of a cool idea. Although Alvi is more of a naturalist. He's a botanist. He grows his own plants. He does all yes. You know, he teaches. And that's the difference. Like, the, the, you'll go take a suck oxygen from a plant that's in like a little bubble and they just have these stations where you put on a breathing mask oh, yeah. and you breathe plant air because the rest of the time I guess you're breathing recycled air. They didn't uh, I really didn't know what that was that. in the little things. but yeah, they, they were plants. Oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. So Alvi wants to have a baby the natural way and she doesn't and so basically they she decides we're doing it this way and he agrees finally but it, it, I thought it was really an interesting dynamic about the morality of doing something like that. The people that couldn't do that or couldn't afford to go to the womb center and how they had to have natural babies and people were like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, how they get stigmatized. I thought yeah. all of that was really interesting uh, except to the third act and then I just went. So they didn't stick the landing for they you. They did not stick the landing for me. And for me, I really, like, there's not a lot of true sci-fi tales and, you know, we, we call Star Trek's pretty close to sci-fi. Star Wars is space opera. Um, but sci-fi tales in their true form are set in like a future. They usually deal with technology, but they examine some issue that we face today from just giving you like a different viewpoint on it. And then everybody in the story takes it as is, whatever that angle is, and takes it at face value. So you, the viewer, get to kind of have this debate in your own mind of like, what are the merits of this without it feeling like you're arguing with like your friend or your family or something like that. And so this really presented some interesting thought processes about, you know, the as far as physicality goes, like you were saying, the men and the women, it's a very different experience sure. being the parent of a child or the physical process of childbirth. And so having this pod makes it equal. And there's very comedic moments in the movie where um, everybody just <laughs> takes it natural that this little plastic egg has your baby in it. And you can wear it as a backpack or you can wear it as a front sling. Well, and- Oh, and then sorry. they, like, put it in the closet when they need to store it. Well, it has a little thing. And it's got, that, like, a little, uh, what do you call it, like a dock. Yeah. A dock. And you can put the food source at the bottom of the dock, and then you set the egg down, and then it absorbs the food. And then somehow. you have an app that you can just, I mean, it's almost like, if you remember Tamagotchis from the oh, 90s, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a Tamagotchi baby, only there's a real baby in it. Yeah. I, yeah, all of that was cool. And I actually like the fact that Chiwetel first was like, no way I want to have a kid in a, in a thing. And then suddenly he's carrying it around everywhere to the point where she's jealous. So he bonds with it. Yeah. And with so, this plastic big plant. And we're talking something that's like, what, two feet tall? I mean, it's not like a little tiny egg. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, because it has to be able to carry the baby at full time. So it's the same size egg the entire time that you have it. Right. And then you can like wave your hand in front of it and the baby appears. Here's another thing I thought. They had the same color a lot of times, but if you put your hand on top, it only registered 
with the parents. Yes. So you couldn't steal a baby from the womb center. Uh, well, at first I thought, they're all stacked out there. How are they going to know which one's theirs? Oh, they put their hand they on it. They take you know, a Sharpie and they write. Johnny. <laughs> no. But it is. It's like hand. So it's, it, it has all those elements. I like a good sci-fi tale. I enjoyed this. I thought it was very funny at times. I actually think it could create some very interesting discussions among people. And I think that everyone will bring their own perspective to it uh, as they watch it. Uh, I, I'm with you. It it kind of veers like really sharp, just not not any kind of controversial way or anything like that. It just it just seemed like they were telling a story that was going one direction, and then at the last second it was never mind. Yeah, never mind. And I or thought, we don't know how to end this, so we're just gonna. But it's for an independent film. I mean, it looks as as high gloss oh. of of graphics and the sets and the the sterile look of like a tech future. Oh, no like question. It, it looks like a big budget movie. Yeah. Even though it premiered at Sundance. So for me, I for me it was three out of four. Yeah, I think I was a B or B plus on this one. And that's the Pod Generation. And is that wide release? Wide uh, it, release. It's or a Megaplex that? theaters for sure. It's PG thirteen. And um, yeah, check it out. Okay. All right, Steve, Mm. let's take a break. When we get back, we've got some movie news to talk about, including, unfortunately, another strike update because it still isn't resolved. Yeah, but they're talking. But they're talking. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news. On the KSL Movie Show. All right, Steve. Uh, So, movie news... It's time that we have to do a, uh, a strike update. So, of course, two guilds are on strike. If somehow, miraculously, you have avoided all news in the last two months, Screen Actors Guild on strike, the Writers Guild on strike. You know, they should talk to the UPS drivers. They got their deal. Did you hear about that? They No. Yeah, they didn't have to go on strike because they UPS said, yeah, we'll pay you. Well, but now... Maybe apples and oranges. Um, oh, yeah, UPS no, I... <laughs> can't function a day without delivering their That's stuff. That's true. Whereas the movie studios, at least as they're being portrayed by the Writers and Actors Guild or various articles, they seemed to be ready to try to prolong this as long as it takes to get their way because they've staggered movie releases or they stocked up on certain types of content. It's interesting to read any articles that have any interviews with stars all the articles say, now this was uh, done back in May before the strike started. We asked them these questions just to make sure that they don't get the actors in trouble for having talked about something since the strike. But So where do we stand? What, what's, what's a quick way to sum it up? Well, basically, the, the Writers Guild is meeting with the studios today. Now, I'm not sure which direction the proposals have gone, um, but they are talking today. And Bob Iger, remember how he stepped in it? Yes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago up at Sun Valley. That's the CEO of Disney, if you didn't know. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he uh, he says this gonna, he's going to make it his personal mission to make this to figure this out and to make this go away. That he he, he did he say make this go away well, or get this resolved? Yeah, that I does sound. I feel like sound... that will be received very different by the striking actors. We're going to take you for a ride to the train station. We're going to make this all go away. Okay, <laughs> investors, just know we're going to make this go away. 
Uh, no, I think he meant <laughs> in the positive way where everybody wins, hopefully. Uh, and I feel like there's something there. Uh, so I, I guess it'll depend on what the studio's behind closed doors strategy is, whether the offers that are coming now. I've heard things like it after Labor Day, this will all get figured out. But we'll see. Right now, nothing. But uh, there was an offer put in, I think, from the writers to the studio, and the studio is going to respond to that today. But I haven't heard anything about the actors having being back at the negotiating table after last week's mess up or what dislike yeah, well, mutual let's, dislike session let's hope all right well then there's another story that came uh, that i saw this morning where um the dc people are saying um gal gadot keeps going around saying there definitely is going to be a wonder woman 3 and that might be a possibility but it's not on our radar it's not on our scheduled list their next movie is mid 2025 so the next dc universe movie yeah the superman after legacy. after aquaman this fall right right Okay. So they're like, well, we want definitely want to work with Gal Gadot, but maybe she should quit saying that. Yep, it's it, it's coming. Yeah, and apparently that was based on a conversation she says that James Gunn, who made Guardians one, two, and three, and the Suicide Squad for DC, who's now in charge of their and Peter DC Saffron. Movie. Yeah, those two guys are in charge of the new DC universe at Warner Brothers now for movies. It was a conversation she said she had with them that they were like, oh, yeah, no, we want to still work with you and develop a Wonder Woman movie. But the studio was very clear. Uh, no, we have never said anything official. Well, I think Patty Jenkins is the problem. She had an idea. They hated it. She got ticked off. They said they, they thought they were acting professional, which who knows. And and so Patty Jenkins might be the issue here. Uh, that's why they're not really pursuing anything with Wonder Woman. Boy, Patty Jenkins. I mean, she was going to make a Star Wars movie. She was going to make a I Wonder know. Woman movie. And now neither of those things are happening. And that, that's that's usually not a good sign. But uh, I, I liked, I've liked i liked her efforts so far. I'm one of the few people like that actually one. enjoyed Wonder Woman 2 okay, and 80, Wonder Woman 1984. Oh. I, th I still enjoyed it. But uh, anyway. All right. So, Steve. Amazon, we've talked about, uh, I live near the Amazon distribution plant, so there's always Amazon trucks driving by my house. Surprisingly, probably one of these Amazon trucks has one of its top best-selling books right now. Remember how Amazon started oh. out as a bookseller? Oh, yeah. Well, guess what one of their top-selling books is right now? Well, I know the answer to that. It is the screenplay for Oppenheimer. Which baffles me. It's funny because it's based on a book already. So just by American the Prometheus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But people have bought the Oppenheimer script written by um, now all of a sudden Christopher, right. Christopher Nolan, who who wrote the screenplay himself. It's been sold so much that it is one of Amazon's top sellers. Huh. So who would have thought that buying a script would be so popular? You know, they used to send. I and I have a ton of scripts that they've sent me over the years, especially when you know the Academy Awards come out and the. Like best uh, original screenplay like or the adapted. Lead actor? Uh, no, they they're like just... read this script, Steve, so we can get you cast and get you an Academy Award. No, they want the like the Utah Film Wise Guy. They want the Utah <laughs> Film Critics Group to vote their screenplay oh. best adapted or best original. I see. Okay. So, which you will now experience for the first time. Oh, that's true. Brand new minted Utah Film Critic Association member. Woohoo! Yeah. All right, let's take a break here at top of the hour for news, traffic, and weather. This is KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM Salt Lake City. Planning a weekend on the couch? Streaming your favorite movie or a new show? Andy and Steve sort through it all so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. 
All right, Steve. Time for our streaming reviews, and we have a few things today that uh, kind of a little bit of a variety. I think that the the biggest one is probably only murders in the building. We gave it kind of a quick preview last week, but now it's out, and people other people have had a chance to watch it. Episodes dropping on Hulu each Tuesday, and they did two episodes to start off season three this Tuesday. Um, I think we have some of the music from Only Murders. I like hearing it while we talk about it. Oh, cool. Do we have it to, on the board there? Ah, well, it'll start playing or it won't. So, Steve, what did you think now that you've seen it? I mentioned last week I enjoyed the start of it. I like kind of how the setup has been. I thought there was a fun little twist in the first episode that I, I wasn't expecting that uh, helps – well, I don't want to give it away, but what did you think? Well, I like the addition of the new stars. Uh, can we say who they are? Yes, because they're in the trailers and everything. Okay. So Meryl Streep and Paul Rudd. Well, we saw Paul Rudd croak in the end At of the, the first end of one. And then two. again, and then again. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll get that when you see the first two episodes. And probably a lot of people have already seen the first two episodes right. because, or is it three? No, they only dropped two dropped so two. far. Um, you know, I. How big of a fan of the show were you coming into the season? A big fan. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed the first two seasons quite a bit. Um, I, I, this one, I, I think it's gonna, it's a slow start for me. Although I am intrigued. I mean, Meryl Streep, she's amazing. And when she did her little monologue on the stage, and uh, oh yeah, she, it, it's full Meryl Streep at a hundred percent. Absolutely. And Martin Short comes up. Where have you been? I thought that was, that was probably the best moment of, of so far what I've seen. Uh, but the fun is, is it just a little bit, is she's playing a little bit against type as far as Meryl Streep. Well, what is Meryl? I mean, she's done everything. Right. And so, well, yeah. So what, playing against type in that she plays an actress who has never had a big break. Oh, okay. And so that's, it's kind of fun to see her trying to play somebody who, who might be good or thinks she's good, but nobody else sees it yet. So that's kind of a fun little way to look at it. But uh, um, so, story setting uh, we saw at the end of season two, Martin Short, had, who's a, a Broadway director, had been given a chance to come out of Broadway purgatory after his terrible Splash the Musical right. bombed. He finally gets a chance to put on a new show. Uh, the final scene of, of season two is Paul Rudd coming out on stage and dying. And then... Was it the title Death Rattle? Death Rattle, yeah. And then all of a sudden, Steve Martin walks out on stage in a trench coat and, what? How's all this? What's going on? And then we get to kind of see... The build-up to that. How did the the play start? And of course, uh, as as um, only murders has done, there's jumps back and forward in time. So, even though Paul Rudd dies literally in the opening scene of the show, you're going to get to see him a whole bunch more over the course of the season as they go back to the days leading up. Because there was like a what, like a four or five week jump. Season two from season one, immediate start. Season three from season two is a little bit longer. Well, I, I do like Paul Rudd being the, the absolute jerk, you know, that he is and that, <laughs> and the animosity he has towards one of the other characters and how that's all, how that's going to play out. Because then that brings into question, well, maybe this guy's the killer. And that's what I like yep. about these shows is that you're looking it at everybody. It seems like every episode is why could this person be the person who did it? Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the fun. So if you haven't watched Only Murders, uh, a fair warning, it is uh, it is rated ma for mature audiences, so there, there's a lot of language. Um, but uh, it's if, if that doesn't bother you, boy, this is an enjoy. For me, it's always been an enjoyable show to watch. I've loved the, the other two seasons. I hope to love this one as well. All right. Uh, another uh, streaming thing that uh, just dropped this week on Apple TV is a, uh, a, a cartoon called Strange Planet. 
Uh, it's a little weird at first because it is animated, but it's based on a web comic. I think it was only on the web, but anyway, it's a comic strip that they've turned into a series of shows. Uh, it's set on a planet very much like ours. The beings are all like, they kind of look like the aliens that are supposedly hidden in uh, New Mexico or whatever. So they're kind of featureless, blue-headed, oval, blue-headed and they look like they're made out of gelatin kind of. Um, and everything they do is literal. Like they, it, it, there's a, it's kind of like, I said it's kind of like you have to crack the code at first because. What, what do they call waffles? Like a crisscross? Or, yeah, they they have a word for it. That for pancakes, it was flip flops. Um, the co- coffee is jitter juice. Um, oh, alcohol, alcohol is mild is, poison. Yeah, <laughs> I would like a mild poison, please. Yeah. And so once you kind of crack the code and you realize that they're kind of saying things very literally, a raccoon is a grayscale finger bandit. <laughs> and that well, and the airplane is just a flying machine, right? Yes. And sometimes it's just as, as simple as that. The sea is the, the big belt? wet. Was there a weird word for seatbelt? No. Probably. But but anyway, once you crack that verbal code, then the show kind of becomes live and you can start laughing at the sort of the quirky things that our society does. And that's really what it is. Yeah, it's a play on us. Basically saying, you people are idiots, but and here's how we think you look to us. Well, but they're they're oblivious to it all. We're the ones looking at it. Yeah, we're we're looking at them going, oh, that is true. Oh, yeah, that is true. I mean, mild poison. I thought that was really, really funny. funny. Jitter juice is uh, dead on. I don't have my jitter juice. I need to be jittery. <laughs> so that's called Strange Planet. Uh, I believe it's just TV 14. I don't recall there was anything that would be objectionable in it. Uh, and that's Apple TV. Plus. And that is on Apple TV Plus. Yes, you'd have to be subscribed for that. Uh, and then you said uh, that Billions starts this weekend. Yeah, this is the final season. It starts on Sunday. Um, you know, I watched the first couple of seasons, and it was, you know, basically Paul Giamatti and that other guy, Damien, from. Uh, Red-haired guy, he was on the shoot. I don't know. I guess I could look it up. It or was, Stone could look it up for us. It was, um, it was, it's with, uh, oh, shoot. I knew I was going to. Okay, gonna... but we'll figure the name out. Yeah, okay. What else? <laughs> uh, it, basically, they're billionaires, and they, uh, they are in a power struggle, and both politically and financially, and they just keep going back and forth. And people die, you know, people this get caught like in the mix. It sounds like Succession. It does, it does. Is it similar? I mean, have well, you watched Well, I've never watched Succession, succession oh, okay. so I don't know, but. But rich people fighting over huge things yeah. and being scum. Like, and I don't jerks. have everything. I want this, too. <laughs> like, eh. Damien, I can't read. Oh, Damien Lewis. Damien Lewis. But what was the show he was just in? Oh, not, it was the one where the uh, FBI headquarters blows up. Oh, Class Home, of 09? Homeland. Oh, Homeland. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, Billions, and that premieres Sunday on HBO, and it'll stream on Max. I believe this HBO and Max do literally. You don't have to wait till the next day to stream. I think you can stream it the same time as it airs on HBO. Yeah, I'm not sure. This is the seventh season. It's the finale. This is the last one. Okay, and that's Billions over on Max. All right, let's take a break here on the movie show. When we get back, Steve, we're going to talk about another Sundance release starring Ben Kingsley called Jules. Yes. The Movie Show. Who's President of the United States in 1985? Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> On KSL News Radio. You know, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox are coming to FanX uh, next month. Are they really? But will they be allowed to talk about Back to the Future? Who knows? That's some things that we hope get resolved with the strike as to some of the celebrities that are coming. Will they be allowed to talk about the things that we're hoping to hear from them? But, uh, 
All right, Steve. Uh, I, I neglected to mention when we big, did our big streaming review uh, last segment that uh, that the big streaming review is sponsored by the Joshua Stern team, and we're so grateful for their sponsorship. Visit SternTeam.com to learn your home's real value in 30 seconds. You just click Sell and then Home Evaluation. You don't actually have to sell your home right then. I was going to say. Click sell and then evaluation in order to find that out. So we're grateful to the Joshua Stern team for sponsoring the Big Steamy big streaming review. Sometimes it's big steamy. I was going to say. All righty, Steve. Well, let's review another movie here before uh, in this segment. How about another Sundance movie uh, that debuted that's now getting a wide release, and that is Jules. And that is Jules. Still J-U-L-E-S. Jules. We need a crosswalk on Trent Avenue between Frost and Allegheny. And also, oh my, a UFO has crashed in my backyard, has taken out my azaleas, and destroyed my birdbath. When you talk like that, it makes them all take us less seriously. Did you just say UFO? All right, this is called Jules. Ben Kingsley plays Milton, an old man living in Pennsylvania, who's surprised one night when a flying saucer crashes in his backyard and ruins his azaleas, and an alien comes out of it. When he tells people about it, everyone thinks he's just an old man with dementia telling stories, but then two neighbor ladies find out about it, and then they name the alien Jules. And as they get to know Jules, who never actually speaks, by the way, they all find some personal connections that they've been missing. But he has loving eyes, doesn't he? I mean, or she? K- oh yeah, kind eyes. Because Jules could be Jules, a guy, Jules, a girl. You, you don't know. Yeah, it's like a Barbie doll. <laughs> just yeah, it's standing there. In fact, at one point they put some clothes on him. Says this way, Jules isn't naked anymore. And Ben Kingsley's like, "Well, does it matter? I didn't know he was." <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's a cute movie in that. The poor, poor um, Milton, he keeps going to the town council every – the, the timetable is a little weird here because it seems like – At they first have, you think it was repeating. Like, wait, didn't we already watch this scene? Or, or was does there the town council jump? meeting every every night? Because <laughs> it's only two or three nights, and he's already been there two or three times. So I'm like, wow, these guys meet a lot. And no, he keeps I saying the same I thing. I think it's a condensed time period, meaning that his whole life revolves. Because he goes and he makes the same complaint to the town council every time. So that should be a weekly thing. But yeah. it seemed like the time when Jules was actually there in the backyard was a lot shorter. Anyway, um, I, I love Ben Kingsley and Jane Curtin. I don't know the other woman, but she's yeah, I also who she was, but she was good. somebody Harris is her last name. Um, she was brilliant. And it's just a sweet movie. It's kind of like... Um, somebody suggested it's E.T. for an ARP crowd. An AARP. AARP. Or there was some Cocoon vibes I got from it. Maybe I thought Cocoon, it's, maybe too. Maybe it's just because it was older people dealing with an alien that that's where I got the thing from. But it was more about, like, the other vibe was that kind of meeting Jules kind of helped these people. I mean, Ben Kingsley's characters not always getting along with his daughter. She's kind of tiptoeing around the fact that he may need to... You know, need some help well, on a daily basis. Well, he does have a little hint of dementia going on. Yeah. I mean, like he puts a can of beans in the bathroom and things like that. That would make you worry if that was your parent, you know, going through those things. So there, there is, there's some truth to what she's thinking. Although when he says, yeah, there's a, there's a spaceship in my back. I kept thinking, just show somebody, you know, but that would ruin the movie, of course. Well, and he, but part of the funny was just the literal way. Like, I mean, you heard him say it. And by the way, a spaceship crashed in my backyard and it 
ruined my azaleas. And he, well, we couldn't get over that for a little bit. When, whenever he talked about it, he talked about it ruining his azaleas as much as the fact that there was a spaceship. So that kind of dry humor that I, I thought it was really funny. I mean, I found myself laughing out loud at uh, several scenes um, when <laughs> – when one of the lady Jane Curtin, of course, is very funny. But yeah. when the other lady that's not Jane Curtin disco- discovers the alien, I'm still laughing about that oh, one. Oh, yeah. She, that- <laughs> she reacts very strongly yeah. to seeing the alien. Um, no, but you're right, though. Be- Jules doesn't say a word, but yet he's drawn these people together, and they become sort of a little family. They just start talking to him, and, and it's the, the companionship. Well, at least the vibe that I got as watching it was the companionship that they felt like they were lacking in other parts of their life. Um, Jules gives it to him, and, and without, and maybe what the 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 thing is is that sometimes people just want to be heard, and if you just give them the chance to talk to you, they can work some of their own stuff out. And you could tell that Jules was paying attention; he was listening to everything yes. that was going on. He's a good listener, and he has some powers that we discover. Yes, and that was rather remarkable. And uh, although I did not care how he eventually powered his spaceship uh, and got it back we'll, going. We'll leave you to find that out yourself as you watch them. I'm like, okay, that was like a little bit of a demerit for me. And like, oh, no, 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 no. But, the but way otherwise. They, the way, yeah, and I bet that would actually be a, a thing for some people. I, I kind of took it for the silliness that it is. Uh, it's kind of a ridiculous way to power a spaceship. It's a very specific way, very specific way to power the spaceship that, like, but, but um, there's a maybe it's a joke, a, an Alf reference joke. But uh, who knows? Well, if it had been Alf, I'd have been fine with it. All right. So that is called Jules. It's rated, I believe, PG-13, right? Yeah, it is. And it is playing at. Uh, it's in pretty wide release. It's definitely in the Megaplex theaters for sure. Uh, beyond that, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, it's only 97 minutes, PG-13, and this is probably my pick of the week. Okay, so that was the one you liked the best. I think so. Okay. B plus for me. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I'll have to look at the list again. But it, despite it was those one two that things, I enjoyed, right. yeah. despite the two things that were holding you back, uh, we invite you to be part of the movie show and send us a text uh, at five seven five zero zero if you have a question or a comment about some of the stuff that we've talked about. We just got a text, Steve. Did you already review the Dracula movie? Yes, yes. we did. It's called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Um, if you want to hear our full length review, you can download the movie show. Uh, starting, I think, later today, uh, we'll have the version of the show posted. But uh, we'll also talk about it again just kind of in our rapid-fire segment in the final segment of the movie show. But just briefly, it's very terrifying. Not the Dracula that you're used to seeing. He's very feral, very tough, very animalistic almost. Yes. And then, then he smiles, which kind of threw me off. I thought, if this is a real feral creature, then why the sudden, you know... And I think, didn't he utter some... Yeah, he, re- he would repeat what he heard people say, like right before. Oh, I couldn't make that out. So Yeah, uh, so they'd say something and he'd be like, ah, saying the same thing, but like in this terrifying whisper. Yeah, he, he was terrifying. And some of the victims are shockingly yes. dispatched. Very much so. And that's the last voyage of the Demeter, which we will then talk about again before the end of the show. Okay. So thank you for that text. Let's take a break here oh. at the bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather on KSL News Radio. Nine. The KSL Movie Show Top 10. For the Movie Show Top 10, sponsored by Call Climate Services. And we've got, uh, we also like to include our top listener reviews. 
Uh, we have a comment line that you can call during the week. If you're part of the Movie Show Club, and you can uh, join the Movie Show Club by texting the word MOVIE to 57500. That'll join you in the club. And then they'll send you a reminder during the week that, hey, have you seen a movie that you wanted to talk about on the movie show? You can call 801-575-7668, and you can leave a 35-second, no longer, review. And if it's a good one, we'll play it here on the movie show. And we've actually got one today that we're going to play, although the movie they talked about did not make the top ten. So, Steve, are you ready? Yes. All right. Movie show top ten, number ten. We've got Elemental, which is still hanging out in the top ten after, what is it, eight weeks now? Yeah, but again, even the studio is saying, okay, you know, Elemental is a is not a not a flop. People yeah. are seeing it. and It's a hit now. Yeah. A legitimate hit. It went from nothing to $426 bucks. so yeah, I'd, I'd take that. And what they're saying is that it's no longer an, a thing where you can, uh, you don't have to just judge it by its opening weekend box. Right. And so... Elemental. It had legs. Yeah, and you know it was good. My daughter thought it was the best love story she'd seen in a in a in a Disney movie in a long time. Wow! And that was my eighteen year old who's super skeptical about stuff, and she loves Taylor Swift. So I don't know if you can judge that. Well, she's a Swifty. That's okay. <laughs> she is a total Swifty. All right, Steve. Number nine, still hanging out in the top ten, is our boy Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, but he's uh, starting to wane a little bit. Uh, one seventy one domestic, one ninety eight foreign. At three sixty nine, that's uh, is it profitable yet? I mean, I don't, I haven't heard what the total number is. Of course, Disney won't tell you exactly what they spent. Well, it was close to three hundred, what it cost to make, and then you figure another hundred to market it. So it's probably has not made its money back yet. Number eight, talk to me. Talk to me. Well, scared the and heck out of me. That's the name of the movie, Steve. I'm not telling you to talk to me. No, I, but I am talking to you. This movie scared the crap out of me, and. Rightfully so. It's an Australian film. It did really well. Twenty-two million domestic, five foreign. But you know, these movies are cost nothing to make. Yeah. And In fact, they've already announced Talk to Me with the number oh, two no. being the middle one. So yes, you'll have to sit through another one that'll scare the junk out of you. Well, that's all right. It was a good movie. I mean, I I, I can appreciate a movie when it scares the heck out of me, and this one did. All right, number seven, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. 153 domestic, 343 foreign. It's almost at a half a billion dollars, which fine. But I'm kind of hoping that some of the Barbie and Oppenheimer people will come back around. If they haven't seen Mission Impossible, it is the most action-packed movie of the summer and now, maybe of the year. Our friends at the Megaplex hinted that it might get another IMAX run before the end of this summer. But then I also heard that this Oppenheimer week that Oppenheimer locked around. up the IMAXs again. So that is the one challenge for trying to draw on the IMAX is there's a limited number of theaters. It's like the old days, in a way, the way IMAX is versus just the, the general release. Now we've got screens everywhere. used to be you had to find the theater where you could go see the movie, uh, and so you might have to drive past the, the nearest theater to get to one, and now IMAX has become that. Like There's only usually, what, one or two IMAX screens at a given theater, and that has to be a big one. And so fighting well, it out. We're spoiled here because we have five IMAX screens in this g- general area, which even big cities like San Francisco have one. So so we are lucky. But unfortunately, Oppenheimer is hogging those screens. It is. But I don't think you necessarily – I mean, it would be nice to see uh, Mission Impossible on the IMAX, but not necessary. No. And if you haven't seen it, you should make some time. It's, it will be better on the big screen than on the small and, screen. And I'm not trying to promote it or anything. I'm just saying it, it's really that good. 
I, I still my most enjoyable watch this summer is, is Dead Reckoning Part One. All right, at number six, still going strong, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, it's it's making about a million bucks a day, and uh, still hasn't done anything overseas. Uh, Have but they released it overseas? Well, uh, it, there would be a number, and there's zero. So okay. I'm going with no, they haven't. But uh, 166 million dollars for a movie that probably didn't cost more than 30 or 40. But it's a solid movie, very well done, and uh, I, yeah. I like Jim Caviezel in it. It's kind of weird to see him as a blonde, I have to admit. It was, yeah. That was a little weird. But. Bill Camp, I love him. He's a great character actor. He's in this. And, no, the production values were there, and the acting was there. There's so. some great emotional moments. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough watch. Uh, number five, Haunted Mansion, hmm. which should have been released in October, but that's a whole other story. Exactly. 45 domestic, 18 foreign, 63 for total. That's not good. Fans of the Haunted Mansion will love it, however. Right. If you love the ride, you'll love the movie. And that's, and really, that's my complaint. This is why I say October, because if you're not a fan of the ride, it's just an okay, kind of scary-ish movie. It's, it's kind of family scary, because it's supposed to be something that the whole family can watch. But that's why I'm frustrated that it's not something that I'll be able to watch in theaters when I'm already in that kind of a mood during the month of October. Well, think about Pirates of the Caribbean. It, it is based on a ride, but it has nothing to do... The ride is just... There are just little hints to the ride yes. in that first movie. And the rest of the story was brilliant. And, you, and that's nobody why it said, so much money. Well, at least it you know fit the ride. No. <laughs> nobody cared true. about the ride. And on that's that why one. it's still the most successful of all the Disney rides turned movies. Yeah. All right, number four... TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, 52 domestic, 10 foreign, it's 62, but that's only after one week. So. And it was enjoyable, it was funny, it was very cool animation. Oh, the stylized animation was terrific. Uh, number three, Oppenheimer. This blows my mind. This is a three-hour movie, and it's made total $565 million worldwide. I would have never guessed that. Christopher, no, you said he's not everybody's cup of tea. Well, he must be. Well, the, <laughs> at least he's grown the into The tea it, is flowing on this one. The tea is flowing. Number two in its debut week, Meg to the Trench. This movie is so ridiculous, and yet I love Jason Statham. Apparently, a lot of other people do, too. Well, but now the question is, is it going to drop to nothing next week? No. No, it's You not. think it's got legs? Oh, yeah. This shark has it's legs. It's got fins. <laughs> 37 domestic. You mentioned the foreign, 116 foreign. It's at 153 already in one week. A terrible movie. I hear it's that... doing well in China. Oh, really? That's oh, that's because the the guy that's playing opposite him is a huge star in China. Ah, okay. Yeah. So. And doesn't this take place near, or is, it's an American oil drilling thing, isn't it? Uh, or whatever they're drilling, I haven't yeah, seen it. It's, well, it's a, yeah. Okay. And then number one, what a shock, Barbie. The numbers are staggering. 478 domestic, 574 foreign, $1.052 billion as of Tuesday. And, and then it's, it's doing going. like and 10 million. And it's expected to win again this weekend. 10 million a, a day. Since, and it's the third week. Come My on. daughter went and saw it again last night, or not night, night before. You know, the only thing I don't get is all the animosity about this film. Well, it's mean to women. It's mean to men. It's like, it's Barbie. It's just kind of a satire. You get what satire is. They're making fun of stuff yeah. for a purpose. Well, but again, at the same time, isn't the mark of art supposedly that everyone can look at something and take something 
different however they react oh, yeah. to it. No, so I, I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I can see the point of what a lot of people say. I agree with some of what they say. I don't agree with other things. But like you were saying, you, you person at the at Harmons who was in the bread department was like, "Oh, that movie treated women so terribly." That one, that one so, completely blew me away. In fact, we, we've got all the we've got all the perspectives. Another worker and I looked at each other like, "Is he serious? Was he? Did he say females were <laughs> slighted in that movie?" You know, the other thing I don't. If you haven't seen the movie, shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair thing. Uh, well, I heard somebody said this about it. Well, okay, but yeah. make your own judgment right, or go. don't go see it. I mean, that's, exactly. you, you have that right as well. All right, that is the Movie Show Top 10 sponsored by Call Climate Services. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to review a, a German movie called A Fire. Yes. The Movie Show. You probably think this world is a dream come true, but you're wrong. On KSL News Radio. It's the movie show, and you know, Steve, we, we talked about as we were doing the movie show top ten that uh, we want listeners to give us their opinion on films, Absolutely. and we have a comment line that you can call during the week, and uh, if you're a part of the movie show club, by texting the word movie to 57500, you'll get that text during the week. You're not going to remember the phone number, just like memorize it in your head right now, so it's the best way to do it. Join the movie show club. They'll send you the phone number during the week, and you can be like, oh, yeah. And then you can just tap the number on your text. It'll dial in. You can leave a review. We actually have one. Unfortunately, the movie that our listener watched wasn't in the top ten, so this is why we didn't play it. But here is movie show listener number one. If you don't leave your name in city, we can't identify you, on Dreamin' Wild. We recently went to see Dreamin' Wild with Casey Affleck. I loved it. It's refreshingly not full of vulgar language. And it is rated PG, based on a true story. And she's right. And with Casey Affleck, that is saying something. That is a miracle. <laughs> but it is. It was our favorite thing that we watched last week was yeah. Dreamin' Wild. Surprisingly so subtle and so smooth and just easy going. The reason it wasn't in the movie show top ten is because yeah. it didn't make very much. But thankfully, KSL Movie Show listener number one added to it. Well, it was number 16 box. on the list, so it didn't make the top ten. But how much did it make? Uh, was it 136,000? Yeah, 136, that's not a lot of money, but, but only it is worth it, and it was—I I believe it's worth more than its 136,000 dollars oh, box office. Way more. Uh, here are some other movie show listener reviews. Now, uh, another place if you don't feel comfortable doing it on the air, um, we do remind you. We've set a limit, 35 seconds, for the one that will play your voice on the air. We had Lindsay, who saw Elemental, and she loved it, but her review was too long. So we just, Lindsay, we mention you. but And then you can also become, uh, go to the KSL Movie Show Friends Club on Facebook. And we have a couple of reviews there. Here's uh, someone named Sis Frey. I saw Go West. Even though I heard people laughing, I thought it was a waste of time and money. Zero stars. Oh, Ouch. That was a funny movie. I thought it was funny. Yeah, maybe she, she didn't like Studio C. That could be. Now, she also said, I saw Haunted Mansion and thoroughly enjoyed it, and I've never been on the ride. It was fun, even with uh, so people. I'm not sure what that means. That's what they wrote. So many people. A comment I heard on the movie show. Well, there's a, a great cast. I mean, there's a lot of people that we know in that movie, and yet... I don't think they were utilized as well as they should. And Gloria Pet Stewart saw Haunted Mansion today. It was very fun and entertaining. Saw Sound of Freedom. Very well-made movie. Something we all need to be aware of. So that was Gloria. So go to the Facebook page, leave one. Call us yeah. on the comment line and leave us a review. Uh, Steve, let's talk about A Fire really quick. Okay, A Fire is a, a German film. Uh, it's really kind of eerie because uh, what's happening in Maui right now is sort of the th- 
the premise of this film. It's a resort town in uh, somewhere in Germany, uh, and there's a fire off in the distance, and it is coming their direction, which g- gave me a chill when I started thinking about it uh, based on the horrifying things that have happened over in Maui. But uh, in this case, it's two friends. Uh, they're going on a vacation. They're, they're going to, one's a writer, and the other one, he's kind of a goofball, but it's his f- family's cabin right there on the on a lake, and uh, or maybe it was the ocean. No, it was the lake. And I don't know if Germany has oceans. Yeah, I was going to say they're they they're sort of landlocked. Um, and then, the, but there's a young woman that's already there, Nadia, and but she's really cool, and so they all kind of hang out. But she's you know a little frisky at night, and they're like, you know, can I'm going to go sleep out in the in the yard. The thing is, um, the guy that's uh, one of the guys, the the guy that's the author, he is such a jerk in this movie. He's mean to everybody. He's obviously cranky about something. We're not sure what it is, but we think it might have something to do with. The fact that his writing's not very good, and when his his uh, publicist comes, uh, it's it, it gets a little crazy, and then the fire is really tragic. So, so uh, it has sort of that added thing right now is when the real world sort of creeps in on something that you're watching. Oh yeah, I, I know it, it is. It, when you see the scenes of the fire and what's happening, it's just oh, it's just almost too much when you think about it. So what did you overall rating? Well, I didn't love the movie. It's because the guy, the main character, was such a jerk. And he finally does, you know, kind of wake up towards the end. But it's so long and it just takes forever to get to that point. You just want to slap him and be like, wake up. Everybody's trying to be nice to you and you're just being such a jackass. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, with that, we cut you off. <laughs> that is I mean, a I fire just, the guy and it was, is in German with uh, English subtitles. Or is it dubbed? Uh, let's see. Was it dubbed? It might have been. Or, it, it, but it was in German language. Yes. That's why we didn't have a clip of it. Okay. So that's a fire. All right. Let's take a break here at Top of the Hour for news, traffic, and weather. This is KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM Salt Lake City. It's the KSL Movie Show. The end is inevitable. The kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. The week's big movie review. Games and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Right now, we are being so unoffensive, we might as well be a Hallmark Christmas movie. You know what I'm saying? On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's the movie show. Final hour begins as we wrap up this week of, you know, nothing major, but it's time, Steve, for our other big movie of the week. And this one is actually on streaming, and it's got a lot going for it when you hear about it. But you'll see, as we talk, I'm not... I'm, I'm interested to see how you felt about it, because I wanted to like this movie more than I think I did like it, which is called Heart of Stone. Of Stone. You know what you signed up for. No friends, no relationships. What we do is too important. When governments fail, the only thing left is the charter. The most highly trained agent. No political leanings, no national allegiances. Working together to keep peace in a turbulent world. Hardly seems fair. It does hardly seem fair that someone as gorgeous as Gal Gadot, and who has proven her uh, bona fides in, in action, and, you know, is she's... She's in this movie, which <sighs> she plays Rachel Stone, who um, is embedded with MI6. Um, she's the person who's not supposed to get out of the van because she's too rookie of an agent. 
She's supposed to be the techie. She's person. the techie in the van who's like the hacker. Um, but it turns out she's really part of a secret peacekeeping society called the Charter, and that's a group that works behind the scenes to keep peace around the world, kind of what you heard in the clip. And they use this super powerful artificial intelligence algorithm called the Heart to do all this. But Which then, doesn't that remind you of something in MI? Oh, oh, trust me, I'm I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to that. But uh, you know, a skilled hacker and a bad guy decide they want to steal the heart and destroy the charter, and it goes from there. So, for me, okay, this this is a weird analogy, and it'll make some people hungry. For me, Heart of Stone was like lasagna. I'm not. I don't like lasagna, but I like hamburger. I like noodles. I like sauce. I like cheese. Just don't put and them together. And yet, somehow, in that combination, I don't like it. And it's maybe I just don't like the texture. Whatever, it doesn't matter. My point is, all these ingredients that I like, but you combine them, and and for some reason, I don't like it. That's what Heart of Stone felt like to me. It it's got Gal Gadot, who I love. I mean, I've joked, I'd watch her eating yogurt at the counter, and I'd be okay. Um, it's got this really cool, the heart, it, it, this organization is based on, this is an original story. It's not, I thought it, it must be based on some series of novels. It isn't. It's an original, well, they wanted to create a James Bond type franchise with a woman leading it and having lots of you know female spies that are kind of at the head. They do that, like the tech that they use, you know, she has this way where if she needs to get somewhere, the AI beams it to her, I guess, contact lens, I don't know, and there's this little green laser line. If you've ever played a first-person video game, sometimes that's how it guides you through, like, the, the level is you follow the little line. Well, she can see the line. This is where you have to go, and this is what you have to do. That was cool. The whole organization, the charter, where there's the king of spades, and, like, it's done like the, the card deck. Yeah. Great idea. But some Jamie Dornan, I mean, I, I never saw Fifty Shades of Grey, but that's what you'd recognize him from for the most part. But it just didn't work. And it, I mean, Cal Gadot held up her end on the action scenes, but I just, I, I it just didn't work. It, it was rushed. It did, I didn't feel like they developed what was a really cool organization. This felt like the second chapter of a story that I don't know that I didn't get to see the first chapter and they don't bother to explain the first what happened in the first chapter. So all this stuff is happening and I don't I don't care. And it's too bad because like I said, all these ingredients together. So for me, Heart of Stone, Steve, I did not enjoy it. I mean the best I can give it is two out of four stars, and that's only because I love Gal so much. Oh, Andy, 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 what are we gonna do here? I mean there's a Glenn they waste Glenn Close. You have Glenn you, Close in this movie, they completely waste her appearance. You had me at cheese. Okay. <laughs> Because I had to take extra lactate pills. I'm lactose intolerant. There was so much extra cheese in this movie. It was ridiculous. Her running on a blimp. You know, why would they put the darn thing on a blimp? I mean, there was levels because of spiness. Plot. Because plot reasons. Like, okay, well, I'm with these MI6, but I'm really with Charter. But, uh, but I'm really over here. No, I'm down here somewhere else. Like, all these different subterfuge things going on plus uh, I thought the set pieces were kind of ridiculous uh, blowing up labs for no reason I, it just you're right it doesn't work um, uh, and I love Gal Gadot but Heart of Stone is just a ton of extra cheese and the heart is exactly the entity from MI6 yeah and that's what I was going to say is it felt like 
it feels very similar to Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which did it way, way, way better. Oh, it felt like all of the Mission Impossibles put in a blender. And then That's a good way to maybe some it. other stuff. It just took all of these little bits and pieces of other movies that we've seen a hundred times before and put Gal Gadot in there, which I'm not unhappy with. Which, but, of course, helps it to float closer to the surface instead of just thinking because... But I think it's good. a distraction to a really bad movie. And, and I'm telling you, people get wiped out at random. Like, random. Oh, there was a and c- you're couple like, of scenes like... What? Why? That was just cruel. And also, why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. And, and so for me, Heart of Stone, two. I feel like I'm a little generous for two. But the good news, Steve, is because it's on Netflix, you don't have to pay any extra to go see it. You know, I don't know why. I thought I gave it a B minus, but I really don't like that at all. I'm, it's, it's a C or a C plus at best. And I'm sorry, Gal, you're amazing, but you can't elevate this material. She elevated it as high as it could go. And still wasn't there. And I, I, you know what? Maybe they'll make a sequel. Maybe it'll get enough streaming that they'll make a sequel and they can correct the things like giving us a little bit more about this seemingly kind of cool organization or what developed the heart. Like, none of that's in there. It's just, I'm going to steal the heart and I'm going to get revenge on the whole world. Yeah. So that's Heart of Stone and it is on Netflix. It is rated PG. It looks cool. It, it does look cool. Yeah. It's an action flick. So. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break, Steve, and when we get back, that's what it's time for. What? Torture. Oh, yes. Telephone torture. And it's my turn. And now it's Steve's turn. We're going to give you a quick hint before we go to break. What's the hint? It's a vampire movie, not baseball, not Star Wars. A vampire vampire movie. movie. Okay. That's what we'll do when we get back here on the movie show on KSL News Radio. The KSL Movie Show. (laughs) Telephone torture. All right. It's time for telephone torture, the part of the show that we look forward to so much. Remember, on the movie show, we want you to be part of it. But we want you to do more than just call in and win. you got to do some stuff. you got to dance for these prizes, all right? We've got prizes Great prizes donated by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters, who sponsor uh, the Telephone Torture. And, you know, these are valuable things. You've got to earn it. Yeah. You know what a tub of popcorn costs. Yeah. Two drinks and two tickets to a movie. That's what you're getting. You get all that. So, yeah, we're going to ask you questions, and you're going to have to demonstrate your movie knowledge. So our first contestant today on Telephone Torture, and here's the number to call, by the way. Some people already know it, which is why they're already ready to go. 801 575-TALK, 801-575-8255. We will ask you a question. All of these questions are about a single specific movie. Right. So if you pay close attention and the people ahead of you in line get it wrong, you've got a whole bunch of clues until we finally get to one where you really better get this. Because if not, we're going to figure out some way to give your prize to somebody else. I'm taking the prize. Steve will take the prize himself. All right. So here we go. Number one, our first caller... For telephone torture is Michael. Michael, are you there? Yes. Okay, Michael, you ready? Wait a minute. Uh, Yep. Okay, Michael, here you go. Based on an Anne Rice novel, the author was livid when she learned a popular actor was cast to play the lead, but did a complete 180 when she saw his magnificent performance on the screen. Can you name that movie? 
Last Voyage of the Demeter. <laughs> no. Last Voyage of the Demeter. A good guess. It is a it is a Dracula yeah, you're movie. In the, you're it in is the a theme. vampire movie. But uh, Don, is that the correct Hello? answer? Hello, anybody home? Hey, think <laughs> All right, Michael. Good luck next time. All right, who do we have now? All right, hello, who's this? My name is Kent. 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 All right, Kent, how you feeling? You feeling lucky? I'm feeling like a wiener. <laughs> oh, well, good. Well, you go. We'll find out if you are. Okay. Steve, what's yes. our second question? Okay, this is a 1994 film that featured not one, but two of the eventual biggest movie stars in today's Hollywood a 94 film with two huge stars from today. Oh, so that's going to be... Um, would you say it's about vampires, this yes. movie? Yes, yes. Um, Time's ticking. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, uh, was it Bite? First Bite? Something. Oh. Yeah. Jim Carrey in First Bite. You lose. Oh, you know, that's a good that guess. That is a though. good guess. You're thinking of Once Bitten... From I think it was actually in the late '80s, but you're right. Jim Carrey oh. was the victim of a vampire. Yeah, so no. the, I'm impressed with your knowledge. That is a excellent good guess. Although this one has two big Hollywood stars. Okay, all right, good guess, Kent. But better luck on the next one. Okay, caller number three for question number three. Who's this? Richard. Richard. All right, I have hope for Richard. Okay, Richard, you've had two clues. Now we've got another one. Are you ready? Yeah, but I, my radio is behind. But go ahead. Okay, but listen to just your phone. Don't listen to your radio. Just listen to your phone. All right, you ready, Richard? Yep. Okay. Despite receiving two Oscar nominations in 1995, the film also won a Razzie Award for Worst Screen Couple. This is a vampire movie. That's a tough one. So it was good, and it was also terrible. (laughs) Well, the Razzies made fun of the... Not any Murphy Vampire in New York. Ooh, Vampire in Brooklyn, you're saying? And that, I'm sorry. Oh, dang. That was a good guess, though. I am impressed by our listeners' knowledge of vampire movies. Excellent. Okay, good luck on the next one. All right, Steve. This one should be our winner question. I'm starting to feel like I'm being too hard on these people. Well, that's true, and I've no, I knew the answer before I saw the questions, so maybe that's why I felt like these questions Okay, well, were hopefully easy. this last question will, will do it. Okay, so we've got somebody teed up. This should be our winning question, and if not, we'll have to come up with an even easier one. But, all right, who's our, who's our caller here for question number four? This is Bo. 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 All right, Bo. You ready? Yes. Okay, Brad Pitt admitted in an interview that he begged to get out of this vampire movie due to the grueling makeup schedule, months of night filming, and changes to his character Louis in favor of Tom Cruise's Lestat. All right. It is... Am I okay to guess now? You're okay to guess now. Is it an interview with a vampire? Yes, it is. There we go. Oh, sorry. Way to go, Bo. Bo, you did it. The next question was going to be, it's called Blank with a Vampire. (laughs) Thankfully, we didn't have to get to that point. Bo, congratulations. What do they win, Steve? Uh, They win uh, two tickets to a Megaplex Theater 
two drinks and a tub of popcorn at a theater near you. Plus, remember, the children's summer session is just about over. So those 10 movies for $10 is wrapping up, obviously, probably this week because the kids are going back to school. Unfortunately. So Megaplex Theater, thank you for sponsoring this segment. Uh, We love you, and we hope we did good by you. And way to go, Bo. All right, Bo. Thank now, you, you, you are the beneficiary of Larry H. Miller Megaplex's good um, good graces in sponsoring yeah, this segment. Sure. But let's uh, let's pay tribute to our, our, our contestants who either got the question wrong or who unfortunately were in line after you. Do you know what to do? It is time for the, the man, the myth, the legend, Frank Sinatra. Beautiful. You know, one of the things that cracked me up in doing research for this about interview with a vampire. Yeah. Well, Brad Pitt had read the book, and Louis, his character, has a lot more to do. But they decided to focus all of their attention on Brad or on Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. And he said, all I did was just sit there with that. They had to hang upside down for a half an hour so the blood would rush to, and then they would do their makeup. And then they'd have to go back and redo it because the veins would stick out on their faces it was just weird he said i hated that, making that movie and it was 1994's interview with a vampire bo congratulations stay on the line we get your info and we'll get your prize to you as soon as we can all right steve uh when we get back we've got a couple more movies to talk about but now we'll take a break here at the bottom of the hour for news traffic and weather on ksl news radio you're listening to the movie show we've covered the hits <laughs> And we've talked about the best. Now it's time for the worst thing we watched this week. All right, Steve. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not so great. So um, we're going to review one movie that you did not enjoy apparently as much as... I mean, I didn't. this isn't my favorite, but I think I liked this one more than you did. And that is the movie Love in Taipei. Do we have sound from that? You are going to Taipei. Like Taiwan? <laughs> We want to give you something special. It's going to be the perfect summer. You are here to learn and experience your cultural heritage. Parents send their kids here because they think it's a cultural program, but we're all here because we know what it really is. One big party. In fact, it's called the love boat among the students. It's supposed yeah. to be a cultural immersion program in Taipei that uh, a lot of, uh, and it seems like they're all um, Asian-American kids that get sent over to Taipei to learn more of the culture, even though they didn't grow up in uh, Taiwan or, or China. So so that's the uh, that's the premise of the movie. That's pretty you. much the whole movie. I mean, the idea is they're, you know, it's a big party, but one of the girls is taking it seriously. And her name is Ever. Ever, yeah. Forever. Never, ever. She's supposed to be a doctor. She's on the way to being a doctor because her dad, who was a doctor, gave that all up to oh, move to right. the States. And now he's a pharmacist. Just a lowly pharmacist. A lowly pharmacist. So when you get over there with all these other rich kids, it's kind of hard to like admit that your dad was a pharmacist. So that's going to be a problem for her. But she, you know, her roommate is like super party girl. But I mean, they hit it off immediately. Yeah. I mean, it felt a little forced because I don't think they really had anything in common except... Uh, one was trying to bring the other one out of her little shell. and Never ever is what they called her. Yeah, never ever. Well, Because she never ever has fun. But I did like the idea that, I mean, Taiwan is an incredible 
country. I mean, call it what you will. I mean, China is like. Steve, this is country. supposed to be the worst thing you watched this week. Tell me some stuff you didn't like about well, it. Well, I just thought I it was so it. vanilla. I just, everything about it was just, I've seen it a billion times in every other rom-com. I am grateful that Asian Americans are getting a chance to tell their stories and show their culture. Give me some of that. The other, I just thought it was, everything was just ho-hum. You know, I read a quote, oh, I don't know how recently, but it was something that uh, uh, people of color and, and minorities that are trying to get the opportunity to Hollywood, they said, all we want is the chance to fail because it so often it feels like, look, if we don't make the perfect movie that hits four quadrants and makes this much money, something along the lines of uh, Crazy Rich Asians, if it's not Crazy Rich Asians... They don't get a chance. If it fails, they don't get another chance. And so they just said, we just want the opportunity to fail, too. Like, we're going to try to make a good thing, but if it doesn't hit on all cylinders, we want another chance, which is what a lot of other directors who maybe make a huge box office bomb get a chance to do. And so um, I, I, I thought of that saying as I've been watching some different things. I, I thought of that with Joyride, too. Like, I am glad they're getting the chance to make it, and I do hope they get a chance to fail because some of these things have not I have not enjoyed. I actually kind of liked Love in Taipei. I thought it was like, if you have a an itch, you like teen romance movies, this definitely can scratch that itch. Another thing that was pretty good about it is, content-wise, it was it was mostly mostly clean. Like there wasn't, I don't, I don't recall anything yeah. objectionable that happened. There might have been a little bit of language, but uh, you know, it had a, it had a good story. It was fairly innocent. It's the, the love triangle between. The girl's in love with two guys. Which one is she going to pick? Which one's the better fit? And, you know, it followed all of the the very, like you're saying, you say vanilla, and I say if you've seen a lot of romance movies, then you're not going to be surprised by anything that happens Nothing. in this. Not a thing. And But it's still, you know, you get to see Taipei, and I got hungry watching them eat some of the different foods. And, That's true. And I'd love to try some of those foods. Yeah, and, I would like to and, walk that little uh, walkway where they were just sampling oh, from yeah. the streetcars. You know, oh, yeah. Streetcars. And... And they're and they're good looking, you know. The the actors they've cast are all yeah. very good looking, easy to watch. So if you got a teenager who hasn't seen a hundred teenage romance movies, you'd be okay to let them watch this. You yeah. wouldn't have to worry about content. That's true. And they would enjoy it differently than you who's seen, you know, stuff that you know. Like, I think Ten Things I Hate About You. That one's been like a timeless teen romance kind of a thing. Even my teens today like that movie. But yeah. but after you've seen a bunch, then you're watching this like, oh, I better. I, this is about to happen. This is about to happen. And so. For me, that's why it didn't elevate above, like, you know, a couple of stars. But Oh, well, I'm at a C. Oh, okay. It's not like I hated it. Oh. I just wasn't wowed. I was whelmed. You were whelmed. Definitely whelmed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, and now we have a second movie that we want to talk about. So for Love and Taipei, it is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. So the other good news is you can just watch it at home if you want to give it a look. And it's TV-14, as I recall. TV-14, yeah. So PG-13, TV-14 right in there. Okay. Okay. Now... We got another movie we want to talk about really quickly, and this is one I didn't get a chance to see. Um, Amazon's great about sending me their TV shows, but not so good about sending me ahead stuff on their movies, uh, and it's called Red, White, and Royal Blue. Henry shoved me. An urge I currently share. What I need is some good old-fashioned damage control. You can hate Prince Henry all you want. My NDA is bigger than yours. I want you to know that. You're wearing lifts. Know that too, sweetheart. You better act like the sun shines out of us and you have a vitamin D deficiency. I think thought is what you might say to convince the world that we're actually friends. I love hanging out with this guy. Okay, so... Uh Obviously, giving people a chance to fail. This is a, a film about um, you know, a gay couple. Well, they don't start out that way, right? And 
this is exactly what they said about this movie. They said, we just want to make a silly rom-com that's just goofy. It doesn't have an agenda. It doesn't say anything. It just is about two. Okay, so. What you're saying is it's not subtle. It's not something like where you're going to think it's one thing and it's something else. It is straight up what it is from the start. Absolutely. Uh, Alex is the son of the President of the United States, who is Uma Thurman from Texas. Okay. okay. Try to, so try to, to absorb that. Uma Thurman as a Texas president. Her accent came and went like a like a <laughs> summer breeze. And then uh, Henry is the second in line for the throne in England. Uh, and so, so we've got the son of the president and the prince of England. Yes, okay. one of the princes. So they're there for the older brother's wedding. Uh, they've had a run in earlier on because you know they've been in politics their whole lives. They don't really care for each other. There's a stupid moment where they knock down this $75,000 pound wedding cake. You know, it's just a dumb moment. But we're talking British pounds like money, yeah, not an which, actual 75,000 pound cake. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> probably That'd that be up. pretty funny. So that's probably an $80,000 80, wedding cake, which is ridiculous. It's like 14 tiers collapses, and it's a scandal. You know, oh, my gosh, what has happened? And it was the American kid that did it yeah well the american kid says that henry shoved him oh these guys are you know grown men so what are you talking about shut up so they get home and they're (laughs) like okay we're trying to work out a deal with england so you get back over there and make nice with henry i want to shake some hands i want to see some photo ops and you guys be cool and uh you know they at one point there's like a a a moment where they think something's happening they hear some shots fired they throw the two in a janitor's closet and then, and then that's, and they hate each other. Okay. Yeah. We have to understand oh, yeah. they hate each other. Well, they hate each other, right. And so suddenly they, they have this honest conversation. Well, I thought you didn't like me or blah, blah, blah. And suddenly, you know, they start texting each other back and closet. forth. And they become, yeah, I, I know. That was, that was sort that's of funny. That's subtle. <laughs> and then they start having feelings for each other. And so they figure out ways to get together and back and forth. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's... It's it's Frank. I mean, you you know that these guys are having intimate relations, and but they do it tastefully enough. So you know, you get a little squirmy, and it's a lot of man loving. But uh, you know, live and let live, as far as I'm concerned. Right. And it's on streaming, so it's your choice whether you want to watch it or not. But uh, just so you know, I mean, it's it's intimated that there you know things are happening here. I I just thought you know it's just a silly little rom com, and but it happens to be a gay one. So what I. I think everyone has a chance to tell their stories, and this is one that's just kind of a throwaway. Um, but the fact that it, you know, said we're not going to shy away from these two young men being gay, I, I, okay. Okay, so that's called Red, White, and Royal Blue. Yeah. And it's streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, that is correct. Prime Video, I believe it is. Yeah, it is Prime Video. Okay. That's right. All uh, right. And it's TVMA. TV, okay, so, yeah. All right, Steve. We, we got <laughs> I'm competing with somebody, apparently. <laughs> when we get back, yeah. rapid fire, final yeah. segment of the movie show. Okay. The movie show. <laughs> it's a fake laugh. It's real. On KSL News Radio. The movie show getting fake laughs for <laughs> over 40 years now. Yeah. And the tradition will continue. With Steve Sales and Andy Farr. By the way, I got to say, our listeners for the telephone torture segment were brilliant today. They were all on it. They had a, great ideas of what movie it could be. Uh, maybe a couple of my questions are a little obscure, but 
Nice job. Yeah, and they weren't, you know, it wasn't the obvious one like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I'm surprised nobody guessed Bram Stoker's Dracula. But, yeah, so, hey, we are elevating the telephone torture listeners and contestants Make him work. here on the movie show. And we appreciate the work you put in to learn this. Okay, Steve, now a segment that people have really enjoyed. If you missed part of the movie show, now's the segment we do here before we wrap things up called Rapid Fire. And that's where we do a quick, quick recap of all the stuff we've talked about just to give you an idea. But we invite you to listen to the whole movie show. If you missed part of it, you can go to kslpodcasts.com and uh, scroll down till you get to the movie show. And you can uh, listen to the latest or even past episodes if you wanted to see what we thought about uh, movies from the past. You can go back and listen to all of those on demand. All right, Steve. Our big movie of the week was The Last Voyage of the Demeter, a Dracula movie that uh, horror, yes. I was a little surprised it wasn't more bloody, but it was bloody. But it was pretty good. I like Trap the, him on a ship and have something hunt him down. I like the feral Dracula. I thought that was very cool. It just made him more demonic, more... He was scary on every level instead of the charming, I want to bite your neck. No, none of that. <laughs> okay. This guy was bad dude. And I gave it, uh, I think I gave it two and a half. You were at a B. At a B. Okay. And then we had The Pod Generation, a story about uh, a, few, a sci-fi tale from the future where you carry your baby in a big plastic egg that you just carry around and the men can carry it or the women can carry it. A sci-fi tale that for, for, for we both agreed we kind of veered at the end to where it seemed like they were telling one story and then at the very end they were telling a different story. Well, either that or they just stopped. They just we don't know how to finish this, so we're just going to quit. And you liked it? I liked it up till then, yeah. Okay. And then we had Jewels, which is the another uh, movie from Sundance that stars Ben Kingsley, Jane Curtin, and another actress who we can't remember. <laughs> something three something people, Harris. Yes, as three people who find an a three older people who uh, living in Pennsylvania find. A flying saucer. In fact, it's important to call it a flying saucer because you could think of a UFO in various different ways. But this is a straight-up flying saucer with what looks like an alien out of the 1950s in it. A cute little comedy uh, where they bond with it as the as the alien just listens to him talk. Yeah, and he. It, it's amazing how little saying nothing actually can have such an effect. Uh, we have Heart of Stone with Gal Gadot that's streaming on Netflix, a movie that... I wanted to like all the ingredients were there, but it just didn't come together for me. It's every Bond film in a blender with Gal Gadot in the lead. Doesn't quite work, but she elevates the material. We have A Fire, a German movie. Uh, yeah, and sadly, this is about a town that's swept by fire, and it, unfortunately it has repercussions with Maui. But the movie is not as good as I was hoping it would be. Over on Paramount Plus, we have Love in Taipei, a movie about uh, teenagers or early adults that are in college going to a cultural immersion program and falling in love. <laughs> For Steve, pretty boring. I will say it's pretty vanilla, but it's 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 also inoffensive and, and kind of cute at the same yeah. time. Uh, we have Red, White, and Royal Blue on Prime Video. Yeah, a couple of handsome men, you know, having a relationship, and uh, you know, it's it's a the president of the United States' son and the Prince of England get into a, a relationship. You must like each other. Well, they really do. They really do. Uh, on streaming, we have season one of only or season three of Only Murders in the Building. You finally got to see it. I did. Uh, I'm waiting for it to get better. I liked, you know, I liked the premise. We'll see. Okay, and then Star Trek: Strange New World <sighs> season finale. Oh, I wanted to make gosh. sure we mentioned this. I'm glad you did because this season has been spectacular. The cliffhanger of all cliffhangers is in the final uh, episode, which airs today, or y yesterday, actually. It is phenomenal. And then Strange Planet on Apple TV Plus, a cartoon based on a webcomic that's cute, 
you got to take you half of an episode to kind of get the gist of how they talk. It's funny. But it's kind of fun, and it's kind of funny, and it, yeah. it points out our idiosyncrasies. So that is Rapid Fire. Billions, last, last season starts Sunday. Final season of Billions starts Sunday on Max. That's it for this week's movie show. My thanks to Steve, my co-host, our producers, uh, Gustavo and Michelle, and our board op, Don, back at the station. Uh, it's, uh, you're listening to KSL FM Midvale, KSL AM, Salt Lake City. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.